sermon lesson comes from Joshua 4, 1 through 8. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the twelve men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be memorial to the people of Israel forever. So the Israelites did as Joshua commanded them. This is the word of the Lord. Our, our good God, we ask once again that your word freely given to us would be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, and by it we might see Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. So I remember almost eight months ago, I was sitting in a Jittery Joe's. It was Thursday, March 12th. And at this point, 2020 had gotten off to uh, what I thought was a very good start personally and for our church. Um, many of you will remember 2019, the end was very difficult for our church family. I felt like Christmas was a very sweet time for us. The new year had started off and there was there was good signs of growth. You were able to look around and uh, there was new faces. We were in the middle of a series uh, in Nehemiah on rebuilding and I was I was very encouraged and it was at this point that uh, the news started trickling out of this virus that would become known as, as COVID-19 and it, it felt like it happened so fast but before uh, before I knew it, uh, church was canceled on Sunday and everything else just seemed to shut down. It was like the world just stopped. And, and at first, I remember people talking about, you know, how many weeks would this last? Is this two weeks? Is this three weeks? Is this four weeks? Uh, I remember having a conversation with one of our elders who said, I, I, don't, I don't think we're going to be able to regather for worship until June. And I thought that was just the craziest idea um, that I had ever heard. And at this point, at this point, everyone is just trying to figure out what all it means. Uh, you had doctors, you had scientists, you had restaurant owners, you had business owners, you had parents, you had teachers. Um, everyone is not sure what all this means for us. And I've never been through anything like this where uh, something like this has impacted everybody's life. Uh, it was even very different. It has been very different even than something like 9-11. Uh, kids, parents, married, single, in school, at work, elderly, young, healthy, sick. Uh, what has happened over the past eight months has touched everybody's life. And it was at this time that we started 
home worship. And I remember that first message. Uh, I, I talked about Isaiah 40, where it says this, he will tend his flock like a shepherd and he will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them close to his heart. And even back then, what I said, there are so many things that are uncertain about life, so many things that are out of our control, but there is one thing that is certain, one thing that we can bank our lives on, and it is that God is with us, and it is that God is for us. And I truly believe we experience those realities in those early days, even in the midst of all the difficulties, of all the confusion in talking with you and thinking about my own life, we saw evidences of God at work in some of the most unexpected ways. And at this point, we, we went into a season of sheltering in place. So schools, businesses, restaurants, everything shut down. And everyone's told to not go out at all unless it is essential. And it was during this time where we really began to feel the difficulty of being cut off from each other. Uh, we began to realize how much we missed being around each other. We walked through Good Friday and Easter apart from one another. Uh, the daily deaths, if you remember, at, at this time were uh, close to 2,000 a day. And it seemed like everything was out of control. And it was during this time that I remember uh, a verse that was very close to Brent Weatherly's heart. It was from Hosea. And it really captured what he wanted God to do in this family, what he wanted God to do in your life and in my life. And it was from Hosea 6.12, and it says, Sow righteousness, reap the fruit of unfailing love, break up your hardened ground, for it's time to seek the Lord. And the picture here is, is one of ground that needs to be turned over and broken up in order that new life can come and break through. And so we started this series called Cultivate because uh, we saw evidences of this is what God is doing, even in the midst of, of all the challenges that we are facing, of all the fears that we have. God is breaking old ground, turning it over, creating new life. In short, God's continuing to be faithful, continuing to be with his people, continuing to be for his people. At this time, Yard Church begins. It was kind of a random idea, but looking back, it's it's clear, at least to me, that God's fingerprints have been all over it. It was a way for us to still stay connected, to worship together, to share life, to pray, to sing, to hear from God words of encouragement and words of hope. And special thanks to those who hosted and leaded and served us in that way. Another sign looking back that we can say God was at work. God was with us. God was doing good things in our midst. And then on May 25th, there was this news footage of George Floyd's death that went viral. So you have eight minutes and 46 seconds of footage that is going to send shockwaves throughout our nation and even around the world. And for a nation already on edge, this just sent us further along, pulled us apart even more. It brought up new questions about racial injustice, new explorations of our 
of our nation's complicated past, fresh waves of protests, and then uh, even violence and riots that we're having to grapple with, what all it means. But God is at work even in the midst of that. I know for me personally, it was an, it, it started a new season of reading, a new season of listening, a new season of considering what it means to live in other people's shoes and, and wanting to live out Micah 6.8 to do justice, to love mercy, to walk humbly with our God. And I was encouraged by many of the conversations that had with you. And that time brought up an old question of what does it mean for us to seek the good of our neighbor? How can we, how can we, as ordinary, as broken as we are, bring hope and bring healing to the world in need. In other words, how can we be salt and light? And so we sat together in a season at Jesus' feet as he taught these beatitudes. And what he taught us was that the people who bring hope and healing to the world are not those who we would expect. But do you remember what he said? He said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the merciful and more. And along with a global pandemic and racial injustice and riots, if that was not enough to make 2020 extra special and enjoyable, we also have a political hurricane combined with an election year. So this is just wonderful. And as the, it's, it's really, it's almost been humorous at points where as I look back, there have been times where I say to myself almost out loud, I don't think 2020 can get any crazier than it already is. And then something will happen and it's like, I'm, I I do not know what to say. So it was at this point around this time where we had plans to start regathering in July. Uh, We wanted to be together and the signs were pointing that it would be a good move for us and for our community. And then at the end, experience a spike. Schools were not going to be reopening. UGA was starting back. And so we continued to do yard church. And it was at this point that we we went in a different direction after finishing what it looks like to be salt and light. Um, I began to maybe just feel this need personally in me that in light of all that's going on, in light of all that I'm feeling, all the weight, uh, the close, the safest and best place for me and for us to be is close to Jesus. And we need him to be clear. We need him to be simple. We need to hear his voice and we need to see him in action. And so we started this series, Encounters with Jesus. And uh, and over the summer, some of our ladies started what we call very small groups. It was a time for these small groups to get together, to connect, to share life together, to pray together, to look at the scriptures. And it, it worked out so well that we decided to pivot away from community groups to doing these very small groups across our church. And it's This has been another surprising grace and evidence of God's faithfulness, something that we did not plan, something that we did not expect. And yet the work that God is doing in our hearts through this, I know even in my own very small group and in my heart through this and through these relationships is remarkable to see people gathering around, anticipating what God is going to say and praying together to encourage each other has been a encouraging move. Go back to Hosea. God's God's breaking up ground. New life is breaking through 
in some of the most unexpected places. And I would say also, over the past seven and a half months, we have seen God's faithfulness in our finances. So uh, you have continued to be generous in supporting the work of this church and giving. We have tried to keep our expenses low, and they have been lower than anticipated. And we've been able to save a significant amount of money, which is then enabled to move towards getting us closer to having a building. Another side of God's faithfulness is that this pandemic has not stopped our building committee from moving forward. I had a conversation with Meg Griffith early on, the the chair of our building committee, and I tried to reassure her in saying, this is a crazy season, and if you all just need to step back and put the brakes on it, do whatever you need to do to care for your family, to keep your head above water. And and their movement in this has been to, to, to bulldoze forward, to keep, to keep pressing on towards new plans. And they have done some tremendous work. So uh, while there may be much that you don't know about our building, there's been a lot going on behind the scenes, getting closer to drawings. We're, start, we're talking uh, with county commissioners to try to get these drawings solidified. Uh, our bank account is growing to help us pay it for a down payment or help us with monthly payments. Who would have thought that that would happen in the midst of what we've seen this past year? Uh, It's another thing we can look back on and see that God has been faithful. We've also been through some significant transitions. It's been hard for me to communicate the weight of all these, not in person, but uh, two elders have transitioned out. That's a big deal. Um, One has stepped down after 10 years of faithful service. The other, a very close friend, has moved away. Uh, That was a hard blow to me personally. So Ryan Swingle and and Todd Harding. Also, many in our congregation who have been sick, uh, who have been really sick, uh, many have known people who have passed away. Jobs have been lost. Vacations have been canceled. Schooling's been changed. And time with those we love has been lost. And, And on top of all that, Uh, we're also 12 days away from the anniversary of Brent Weatherly's passing. And I I can't believe it it has been almost a year. And and I find myself just thinking about him more often and just being sad, just wanting to be here with us in the midst of all this. As I talk with Kim and with Joy and Owen and Sam and Caroline, as, as, as Joy goes through college, as Owen goes through high school, as Sam and Caroline go through their senior year, there's there's new ways they are grieving every day. Um, I was at a cross-country banquet and just seeing seeing Caroline specifically up there, just with, with her mom and sharing this verse. And it just it was just it was a small moment, but it was it was big. The world has moved on in so many ways, but here she is still feeling the absence of someone that she loved is not being there. And so that, that continues to be there in the background as we approach one year. God being faithful does not mean that life is easy. Often we want to equate those, that if, if God is good and faithful, then my life is going to be free of difficulty and confusion and pain and suffering. Uh, but often it's the opposite. So, uh, how am I? Um, 
I felt very loved and supported by you all and appreciate all the check-ins that I've gotten over the time. I'm, I'm proud of the way our church has navigated through this difficult season. I felt great support from elders and deacons and staff, seeing God work in many unexpected ways. But like, like many of you, I'm, I'm tired. Um, it, it's been a long 12 months. Um, I found great encouragement along the way, and I'm thankful to be worshiping together again, but, but I'm also anxious in what lies ahead. And in some ways, that's, that's where we all are. So why, why am I saying all this? Why am I sharing all this? It's because of this. It's because how, how we look forward and how we look back are, are deeply intertwined. They are inseparable so that one has a significant influence on the other. So if we are going to look forward into an unknown future, into things that look cloudy and beyond our control, if, if we are going to walk forward in faith, we have to be able to look back and see God's faithfulness. That's a non-negotiable. Our scripture passage in Joshua that Matt read just a moment ago recalls a time when the people of Israel were looking for a very, towards a very uncertain future. And where I'm going, that wasn't just a long introduction to an even longer sermon. This is kind of this is landing the plane, okay? In case you're starting to get nervous. So they're at this crossroads where they are caught between the past and the present. And what God has done is he has rescued Israel out of slavery, broken them free with his mighty power and with his love. And for 40 years in the wilderness, they have known God's guidance. They have known God's protection. They have known his provision and they have known his presence. And, and they come to the Jordan River. And the Jordan River is the boundary marker that separates their past from their future. And they were entering into a new land, which meant new opportunities and new threats. And God tells them at this crossroads, at this boundary between the past and the future, he tells them to do something very unexpected and very specific. He says, I want 12 representatives from the different tribes to find in the middle of this river a large stone. And, and I want you to carry it over to the other side. And I want you together to make a memorial out of it. Because one day your children are going to ask, what on earth do these stones mean? And I want you to tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. In other words, when your children ask, what's that pile of stones all about? I want you to say, God rescued us. God brought us through the wilderness and he brought us through this river. God's saying, I want you to tell your children. I want you to remember and not forget. I want you to remember who I am and what I have done for you. Later in scripture, these piles of stones are going to be called Ebenezer's, which is Hebrew for 
stones of help. Now, why would they they need this? Why would God go out of his way to not just encourage, but to command this? It's because God knows something very important about us. Something something inside of us that, that cripples our ability to trust and to follow with all that we are. God knows our tendency to forget. Just before this crossing, God speaks to his people in the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 4, take care lest you forget. Deuteronomy 6, take care lest you forget. Deuteronomy 8, take care lest you forget. Deuteronomy 9, remember and do not forget. Are you getting a sense of what was on God's heart? as these people were entering into a new land and what his concern for them was and what he's calling them to, not only just encouraging them, but commanding them saying, this is vital to your life. You've got to remember, please, please do not forget. And I brought some visuals because as we think about what this looks like in our own lives, there's, there's some things that we might call big rocks. These, these in our lives, and we all have them, are life-changing moments where we look back and the shape and direction of our lives were changed by these. Relationship, conversion, birth of a child, healing, something we can look back and say, that was a big rock in which I've seen God's faithfulness. There, there are some things in life that are just kind of medium rocks that we collect. There's a lot more of these than these big rocks. And as we look at these, these are moments where we can look back and say these were significant. These were times where I can see God was present. Times where God came through for me. Times where I had a sense that this is real and that he's good. There's these rocks that are so easy to forget. But God says, I want you to remember them. And then finally, we've got what what I'd call sand. How many grains of sand are in here? These are the everyday mercies that we often take no notice of. This is you waking up this morning and your heart beating and your child giving you a hug or that sip of warm coffee, or your body not having pain, or you coming to church. These are these countless daily things that we don't give a second thought to that are evidence of a God who is faithful and who is with you and who is for you. And what happens is if, if we are not able to look back and see those we will not be able to walk forward with any type of faith. But if, if we're honest, there's, there's times, even as we see those, we still have this question, yes, but what if? That's nice, but what if this happens? What if this doesn't happen? What if this unfolds? My life could still come apart at the seams. What then? And what we get from God 
is not an explanation of what all he is going to do for us, but we get another reminder to look back, to look back at an event that is more than sand, that is more than a meteorite rock, that is even more than a big rock. It is the cornerstone of our life. And God says, I want you to look back at that. And to help us remember this event, Jesus himself gives us a meal. And it's in this meal that he says, I want you to remember and I want you to celebrate it again and again to keep this cornerstone act of God's faithfulness fresh in your mind. And it's a meal in which Jesus says, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. This is our great Ebenezer, our great stone of help. God's saying clearly, this is who I am for you. None of us can control or see what lies ahead. I'll close with this. Think about Israel. When they were on the other side of the Jordan, their story was far from finished and their struggles were far from over. But they, as they looked forward into the unknown, they looked back and saw a faithful God. Jesus' disciples celebrating that meal together, as they looked forward, their struggles were far from over, but they were able to look back and see a faithful God. And I think about this boundary marker where we are on this First of November in 2020, as we regather, we are at a boundary marker separating the past from the future. And as we look forward into the great unknown, it is vital that we look back and that we see God has been faithful in tiny ways, in medium ways, in big ways, and in this way that is beyond our ability to grasp. And as we look back and see that, we'll be able to walk by faith in the Son who loved us and gave himself for us. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your faithfulness. And we just ask that you would help us to remember. In Jesus' name, amen.